Hey friends, I'm Julie Holmquist and you are listening to Kairos Moments Podcast. God's been speaking to you for a while and you know you are called to something. It's time to stop playing it safe with your faith, time to lean into your calling, and time to bring those God-given dreams to life. It's time. Let's do this together. Hey friend, I want to ask you a question and that is, has fear ever kept you from doing something that God's put in your heart to do? I'm raising my hand right now. Lots of different times. Today I have on the show Jan Hand, the executive director of Coming Alive Ministries, which was founded in 2012. She has the honor of traveling nationally and internationally, providing the invitation to come alive in Christ. And she does this through conferences, retreats, written resources, and counseling. Jen has had the joy of serving in over 30 countries, and with her master's degree in trauma counseling, God has opened a unique door for her to respond after natural disasters around the world. How awesome is that? She provides trauma counseling, and she offers the hope of Christ on the holy ground of suffering. I loved my conversation with Jen in this recording, and I know you're going to love it too. So let's welcome Jen to the show. Jen, I so appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for saying yes. Friend, of course I would say yes to you and to your listeners. And the only thing better is if we would be together because oh, I have be met awesome. you in real life. And so, you know, that would be so fun. Yes. Yes. You had a book launch. My yes is on the table, moving from fear to faith. And I want to tell you, I loved reading it. I felt like I got to know you a little better. And I understand that journey that you were describing. Um, There's so many relatable stories. You have lived your yes on the table and you have taken a big journey from fear to faith as you said yes to God, like literal like the Israelites moving and change and all the things that come with saying yes to God. So you, my friend, have lived it out. Well, I know this book has been like in your heart for what, 10 to 11 years, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So did the book morph? at all? Or was this always the message that was in your heart that you wanted to publish? The book morphed um, as the years went. The, The message did not change that I really wanted to encourage people. My main message is to come alive in Christ and to live fully alive in Christ. After living overseas and seeing people worship idols and statues and ring bells, trying to wake up their gods, and then coming back to America and seeing people who in the church know the living God, but are just living as dead inside. And I just felt this calling for myself to also live fully alive in Christ in such a way people want to know a God who's alive, but also to invite other people to that. So the way we do that is saying yes to God. First, the ultimate yes to Jesus, inviting Mm -hmm. him um, into our lives, into our stories. He he's waiting for us to say yes to him. And if you've never said yes, today's the day, you know, Um, but then also I began, God began to take me on a journey. What does it look like to live fully alive in Christ? Well, that looks like living with your yes, your surrender. You're putting your yes before God and then watching him move you from where you're afraid into that faith step. So from a fear stop to a faith step. So this book morphed into what does that look like? And it really, really came clear to me to do the journey with the Israelites and my own and our own journeys. As I stood on Mount Nebo, where Moses looked out over into the promised land and 
standing where he might have had his feet and looking out over and thinking he missed going in because fear stopped him. And just sensing the Lord whispered to my heart, Jen, I don't want you to miss one bit of the promised land I have for you because fear has stopped you. And that is where this book really began to morph into what it is now. It was so interesting to see your stories parallel with Israelites on their journey. So many so many good stories. In the first chapter, I think you talked about your missionary in Nepal, Mm -hmm. and you were hoping that God would not call you away from that. And I had to laugh because I'm like, I'm over here thinking, I hope God doesn't call me to that. Right? Yes. (laughs) So our fear stops, and our faith steps can look different. But we all deal with the same kind of hangups, right? The same fears or similar fears. Can you tell us one of your main fears that you were dealing with when you were in Nepal? Why was it so hard to consider that he might call you away from that? Well, here, before I even start there, I want to say I start the book with saying, maybe you're reading about my journey where I opened the book in Nepal saying my fear was leaving Nepal. And you're thinking, that's the whole reason I don't want to say yes to God. Because I don't want him to call me to somewhere like that. And I just want to encourage you that God puts desires and callings in each of us that are so different. And so your fear may not look the same in that way. But um, what I found, if I was to answer the question, I want to say yes to God, but I'm afraid of blank. My fear at the time is I had said yes, and it made me leave everything I knew and loved in Tennessee and move to Nepal. But I had given it all. I had told everyone I was going to live and die there and have a missionary offering someday. You know, I was ready. I had said, yes, I had learned the culture. I had learned the people. And my fear was God was going to call me out of that place that became the safe and the same to me. And here's what is the truth. The level on us is we like our safe and same, whether it's living in Nepal or whether it is um, as a, a mom with your kids in your home. And I was afraid. And then I also was afraid if I say yes to God, that will require having to explain why I am not staying and living and dying in Nepal like I thought. And so my fear of rejection, what will people think of me? And my fear of giving up the title that was so comfortable to me of missionary when I didn't know what was next. And Mm -hmm. I want to encourage the listener that our yes is not a one and done. (laughs) I felt like I had said yes to God. I was in and God began to stir in me surrender of I have more. And, And in the promised land journey, as the Israelites crossed, it wasn't a one and done. Like you just get there and you're done saying yes. It's a daily surrender. And I struggled daily. I want my plan. I want my way. I want my safe and same. And maybe the listener feels the same. And so it's a daily open my hands. Here's my yes again, Lord. Here's my yes. I'm putting it on the table and I want to lean in and listen to you. And I want to follow you and I will be in for the adventure of a lifetime. Yeah, that's so good. We have to live that continual surrendered. Yes. And I don't, my listeners probably know my story, but if not, we, I finally said yes to Colorado Springs. We had a, a side business that we wanted to go full-time minister. Well, we were going to open a brick and mortar shop and bring in the law enforcement and military communities to minister to them and their families. And I finally said yes to that after uproot, you know, we would uproot my family and it, it never happened. Mm. And so saying yes again, to moving to Charlotte, I was like, I don't know, you know, that fear, but I think he just wanted me to know. And for him to know that I have my yes on the table, I'll go wherever and do whatever. 
in chapter two, you mentioned two fears, success and failure. You said, I'm afraid of success in ministry or relationships because it adds a weight of expectation. And sometimes I'm afraid that it will require more than I want to give. Do you want to expound on that a little more? Like, do you still struggle with fear of success? Is that is that the same, uh, a different side of the same coin of fear of failure? I think both of them really ultimately are, I don't want to be disappointed and I don't want to be a disappointment. Mm. (laughs) So um, I was shocked by those answers, to be honest, Julie. I was filling out the power sheets um, that I do every year. Laura Casey has um, Cultivate What Matters and puts out these power sheets. And at the beginning, you do all this prep work as you plan for your year. And one of the pages asks, what are your fears? And I just make committed every year to write down whatever comes to my heart to pray. Holy Spirit, guide me here because it can be easy to not acknowledge fear or to know it's there. I mean, like I'll travel the world by myself, um, not going to a place I've never been before. Um, so one could think I'm not afraid, but uh, I am. We're all afraid of something. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so recognizing I was shocked when that's what came out. You're afraid of success and afraid of failure. And both of those are because I don't want to be disappointed. Mm. And underlying all of that is, do I trust? And actually underlying all of our fears, if we're really gut level honest, is do I trust in the goodness and the character and the guidance of God? Well, because if I do, I will say yes and be unafraid. Um, but I have to acknowledge and wrestle with, um, I must be struggling with this if these are my fears and run to God who can handle my fears and who can hold my fears and who can say, like he said to Joshua, um, cause imagine I bet Joshua was scared of success and failure. I mean, we don't actually know, but I, he's taking over from Moses. He's about to lead the people into the promised land. Uh, what if it succeeds? What if it fails? And God says to him in Joshua one, nine, be strong and courageous for I am with you. Mm-hmm. And I have felt the Lord, uh, meet me in these fears. And he says, Jen, be strong and courageous. He says, Julie, be strong and courageous listener, be strong and courageous for I am with you. He doesn't condemn for the fear, mm-hmm. he comes, so good. instead comes alongside and he says, I am the key, the answer to your fear. So yes, I still struggle. Um, releasing a book is the most vulnerable, scary. <laughs> it's out there in your hands, makes me feel naked in front of a crowd yes. um, thing. And um, I have to remind myself daily, I just have to say yes and surrender the results. Yeah. And because if you say afraid of success and failure, you're going to stay stuck right in between. And again, want to stay in the same and the same. And God is about risk. God is about more. And sometimes his yet are saying yes to him is staying right where he's asked us to stay um, and thriving there. But often he is moving us continually in the promised land. Like in chapter 18 of Joshua, you find them at Shiloh and Joshua says, how long will you put off taking possession of the land that I've already promised you? I've already given you. Right. And um, so it's often not just one position, but yes, is a continual obedience. That's what promised land living is. I was reading in the book about, you know, the Israelites journey and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like it was their idea to go in and spy out the land. God had already given it to them, but Moses was saying, you know, you came to me kind of whining and crying, you know, or whatever. Then it's at that point that it's almost like God didn't initiate it, but he allowed it. And I can see that in my own life. And I know I've talked to enough women to know that it's in theirs too, that we want that guarantee of success Mm -hmm. before we take those steps. It's not enough to hear God say, this is what I want you to do. This is your promised land. 
it's like, oh, let's, let's go spy out the land and see what kind of success we can be guaranteed. So have you ever heard of the tall poppy syndrome? No. I recently heard a podcast and I can't remember who it was that said it, but I looked it up and it's an Australian thing. It occurs when people like the tall poppy, they have a field of poppies and the tallest one always gets cut down. And it occurs, the syndrome occurs when people are attacked, resented, disliked, criticized, or cut down because of their achievements and or success. So basically when we're stepping out into doing God's will, we have an open target on our back from the enemy. When we are moving forward in our yes to God, the kingdom of God is moving forward also, which we know Mm. the end of the story is victory and it doesn't rely on us, but we get to be a part of his glory weaving out through our story when we say yes. And so the enemy wants us to shrink back and miss the promised land living that God has for us. So of course he is trying to cut us down, lie to us, tell us all the reasons we are not enough because we're not actually, and we're not equipped because we need the equipper. I feel like God is, And I know the word says this, but God is asking us to be like little children with him. We just go on these adventures with our parents. We don't have all these worries. They just hold their mom's or dad's hand and just go on this journey with them. And I feel like God is asking us to be like little children in in our trust with him. I love that visual because it's true. They don't ask questions, (laughs) you know? They, they just trust. They're just in the moment and they just enjoy themselves. They're not thinking about the next day. No, no. And I love that. I think God's, God's really calling us into that. Okay. So in another chapter, you talked about what if God is calling you to be the one to go first? That is always scary in any situation to be the one to go first. I never really thought about that, but someone had to be the first to put their foot in the Jordan. I know. And I think we would prefer to follow after a couple of other people doing it, (laughs) but our callings are so unique to what God is doing in us and what he has planned for us that we often have to be the ones to step out first when it doesn't make sense, when it doesn't um, look in the natural to be possible, but in the supernatural, God is about making the possible made the impossible made possible. And so sometimes we are stepping out first. But what I love about when the priest in Joshua three step out first into the Jordan river and they take that first step, imagine what that was like for them. But it says that they were following the Ark of the covenant, like Mm. which carried the presence of God. And now we are priests. And when we have said yes to Jesus, we carry the presence of God inside Mm. of us. So we're actually following who's already gone before us and behind us and him us in all around, which is what Psalms 139 says. So I love that picture almost because it does feel scary to step out first, but we're actually not the first one stepping out. We're just following. And I'm a much better follower. I like to be told um, the direction and, and it doesn't always feel like we're getting the directions because they, we don't get 10 steps ahead. We just get, take this step ahead. And so I want to encourage you, you know, when God is stirring in you the next step, we know it, we usually do. We can try to silence it. We can try to ignore it. I can try to make another step to step and we won't get it right all the time. Julie, I don't get it right all the time. And that's why I'm grateful for God's mercies and his goodness and that we can return. Isaiah tells us to return again and again, we can always return to him, but I would Mm. rather be following him than returning. Speak to the woman who feels like they have something stirring inside of them and wants to take that step, but they don't want to get it wrong. They Mm. don't want to miss God's will. They don't want to, they want to make sure they heard God's voice. 
I got that a lot when I asked the question, I want to say yes to God, but I'm afraid of a lot of the answers were, what if I'm hearing God wrong? And I want to encourage you that James 1, 5 tells us, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously and without reproach. And that word generously, some say lavishly, like God Mm. does not hold back on his wisdom. And so if you are seeking him, you you will find him. That's what he said. He says, those who seek me, find me. And um, whether in Isaiah, it says, whether we look to the right or to the left, we're here, a voice behind us saying, this is the way walk in it. So I encourage you, seek the Holy Spirit, dive into his word, ask community to pray with you, and then just take the step because God will give you wisdom and he will make it clear to you. Now, the wisdom may not make sense to you, but you will know, you will know. Um, I really believe we know when God is calling us to take that step and what that step. Now, the way we expect this step to look often is not the way it plays out, uh, but that's because God knows the ultimate plan he has for our lives. Right. And uh, some things are just stepping stones uh, to that plan, but to get there, we have to step. Yeah. And I, what it reminded me when you just said that you'll hear the voice behind you. Sometimes he wants you to, he, well, a lot of times as you're talking about, he wants you to take that step of faith. You're moving and you'll hear the voice behind you, not in front of you, dragging you or whatever. You'll hear the voice behind you. And I just, I actually love the adventure of walking in faith. I mean, it's never boring. It's never dull. And you, my friend, have been all over the world with your yes. Tell me some of the things that you've done overseas. I know you were in Nepal. Tell me some of the things you do. So now most of my overseas work involves either ministering to missionaries in crisis. Mm -hmm. I have a trauma counseling degree, and that is a passion of mine because missionaries are sometimes the forgotten people group. They're Mm -hmm. the ones doing the hard work on the ground, and they have to come back with all these great stories and sometimes feel unseen themselves. And so going to minister to them, but also um, offering trauma care and um, debriefing after natural disasters and war. So that can take me, my yes on the table can lead me. I never know where it can be an earthquake in Ecuador or a cyclone in Mozambique or a war going on in Europe. God just has asked me to say yes and to go and to trust him with the results. So that has literally taken me around the world. And how beautiful that you were called out of Nepal as a missionary, but you're now called to love on the missionaries who are in crisis. Yes. My nonprofit is not associated with the mission board so that people do not, because oftentimes when the counselor comes in and you're a missionary, it's like you're in trouble. And so Mm -hmm. to get to go as um, just an outside party to love on them, to remind them, you are seen, known, and loved by God, the God Mm -hmm. that you're serving. Um, And so I love getting to do that. Yeah. That is awesome. That's a much needed ministry for sure. And we kind of touched on this before, but you had mentioned just because you're in the land doesn't mean you're not going to have any more faith steps to possess the land. Talk to my listeners what that about what that means. Like, I know we say yes to God, mm-hmm. but then what does it mean to keep saying yes? Like someone who felt like they already said yes, and then they feel like they're needing to say yes again to something else. I, just like my story of living in Nepal, felt like the biggest yes. Surely, God, you're not saying surrender that because I did surrender to do this. Mm-hmm. And that is what I want to encourage the listener is just like throughout the book of Joshua, there was different places that they were called to go and settle in and move into. And each one of those places involved usually some sort of battle. And 
the way the Lord fought the battle for victory for them looked different every time. Like Joshua 6, they walked around the walls. Another time, um, Joshua prayed for the sun to stand still. Another time, um, they're in battle and they are just, um, Joshua holds his hand up. You know, it's different in every battle how God wants to fight for victory. Until we get to heaven, we are constantly in a spiritual battle, in a war. Ephesians 6, though, tells us we've been given everything we need, every bit of the spiritual armor God has for us. But yes is a surrender daily. And um, I mean, even with this book, it was my dream come true to get it out and have a traditionally published book. I got no's for 11 years until God's yes. And um, I want to encourage the listener that even in your waiting, God is working. You just keep worshiping him and watch him tell you what your work looks like at that moment. And so, but even after releasing the book, that doesn't mean my yes is done. Now God is asking me, what are you going to do with it? And um, will you continue or will you shrink back in fear? Because my fear, rejection or success or failure (laughs) or being disappointed. And so for me, I can say like, yes, still has to happen. This is not Mm -hmm. a one and done. Keep moving in faith when I can want to shrink back in fear, to be honest. Yeah. I I think you mentioned the moldy manna. We can only go to God and get our daily provision. He won't tell us the big picture. We just need to continually wake up and say, yes, Lord. Mm -hmm. So Jen, I love your book so much. I had, I think I mentioned this. I had tears in my eyes when I was reading some of it. And I don't know why other than I think we can all relate to that journey Mm -hmm. that you were on and that you so beautifully wrote about. So, and I know my listeners will love it as much as I do. I'm grateful that you did not give up. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that you persevered in those 10 and 11 years. What kept you going? I believed God had placed a God-sized dream inside of me. Mm -hmm. And every time I tried to give up because I had to face my fear, like I was rejected for 11 years. (laughs) And every time I wanted to give up and I wanted to shrink back and I wanted to stop saying yes, Mm -hmm. God kept stirring in me this calling he had given me. And this will Mm -hmm. be different for everyone. Maybe you're a mom listening and, and your calling is to just really love on those children that are under your wings, under your nest. And you can want to give up too, which you can, yes. they're in it. You're in it. <laughs> you know, you are in it. Um, or maybe you, I don't want you to think your calling has to be a ministry per se of right. like writing or speaking, but we all have those points where we want to give up. And I, I want to read to you from Hebrews 10. It is um, just, it's what kept me going when I wanted to give up many, many, many times. It says this in verse 35, therefore, do not throw away your confidence. Mm. And I wanted to throw away my confidence so many times. And the God who had called me, the God who had chosen to use me, the God who was stirring in me, this God says dream. But he said, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. And then it says you have need of endurance. So when you have done the will of God, you may mm. receive what is promised. In verse 39, this is Hebrews 10, 39. We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but are of those who have faith and preserve their souls. And so many times I wanted to shrink back or I did shrink back, but God would not let me. He kept stirring faith in me. And he kept saying, do not throw away your confidence, Jen, because I have a great reward. Mm. And I am so glad because what God did in me as I waited and worshiped and worked and didn't give up, even though many times I did give up, I quit, I quit, you know, right. right. <laughs> um, but what God did in me is he showed me how to move from fear to faith. And he showed me what promised land living looks like, even afraid. My faith tank has been filled, Jen. Thank you so much. It is just an awesome book. And friends, you can reach out to Jen at comingaliveministries.com. 
Yes, comingaliveindustries.com. You can find me there. I'm on Instagram as Coming Alive Jen. And then just search Coming Alive Ministries on Facebook as well. Okay. There you have it, friends. Thank you for listening. See you next time.